Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. I am your host, Tommy Dahlborg, and today we're back with Madeline Schultz-Legoo. And this week we're talking about OCD and what it's like to date while having OCD, which you'll learn a lot about. You'll hear personal experiences from myself and also from Madeline. She shares so much of her heart and experiences. This is an amazing episode. Props to her. She killed it. You all are going to love it and learn a lot about people with OCD if you don't have OCD. And you're also going to learn that maybe you're not alone in some of the things that you deal with, which is the whole point of this podcast. So I hope you're ready for it because it's coming at you in three, two, one. up everybody welcome to the strength through vulnerability podcast i am here with madeline schultz legoo who was on an episode a few weeks back where we talked about ocd and eating disorders and a bunch of great stuff so she rocks madeline thank you for coming back on the show thank you for having me again tommy now how does it feel to already be the most tenured podcast guest on the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast? I am honored. If we could like get this up to like three episodes, like I could cut off there and just be like golden, you know? Mm, like you like, just live your the rest of your life in peace at that point. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like uh, gone but never forgotten. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're at number two. So that's a good start. We uh, only have one more to go after this. <laughs> so listeners, today we have an awesome conversation coming up about OCD and a little more about OCD because we already talked about it quite a bit in the last episode with Madeline. And we're it talking about... incredibly life-consuming. It we is so life-consuming. episodes on it, Tommy. That is... <laughs> Absolutely true. And we are only hitting a few aspects of it. So again, we hit eating disorders a couple weeks ago. And today we're going to be talking about how OCD can affect your relationships in multiple different ways in the realm of dating as well as friendships. So I know there's so much to be said. And as somebody who suffers from OCD myself, I've definitely had... Um, some some painful moments, some painful experiences in dating relationships, particularly uh, because of my OCD. And I, you know, I think that part of that is because um, when you're dating, you're in a one of the most vulnerable positions that you can possibly be in because you're kind of putting your heart out there and really allowing somebody to either accept it or not. And that is terrifying. And the way that OCD works, at least for me, um, is like you basically get ex incredibly anxious over something and then the OCD latches on to whatever it is that's provoking that anxiety. And in relationships, when you're putting your heart out there, there are so many little thoughts and things that can kind of freak you out and make you anxious. So Madeline, I don't... It's the weirdly worded text message and then thinking about that for a week and all of that kind of thing is just elevated 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if it's bad for everyone else, it's just worse. Yeah, absolutely. Like I can totally relate to that. Like, oh my gosh, this person didn't put a smiley face in this text. Like, does that mean that she doesn't care about me anymore? Like, it can, like, totally be inflated to the nth degree. And it's totally not to the fault of the person suffering from OCD. It just sucks that that's the way it is. No, it's no one's fault. It's not your partner's fault. It's not your fault. Um, Mm. I've taken more recently um, of thinking about OCD as a separate entity of myself. Hmm, that's interesting. So, yeah, it's actually extremely helpful in some ways where, um, like, it helps in more talking back to it. I, I at least, am a naturally defiant person most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it helps me be able to think of this separate entity telling me to do these compulsions or telling me to like overthink these things to kind of talk to it as like a bully or someone that's um, being like actively nasty Mm. and treating myself more like a friend. Like if my friend were like, Oh my gosh, like, should I be worried about this? I'm probably going to say no because it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And I can think about it logically. <laughs> mm. Wow, I love that you just said that. Like, I, just hearing that now, I don't know if I've heard that from anybody else. And I'm just like, damn, I got to practice that. I got to start using that myself. That sounds like it would be super helpful. Because oh, I know for me, yeah, I know for me it can be like, a lot of us are super hard on ourselves. We're our own biggest critics. And a lot of times I can view my anxiety and my OCD kind of with shame like Mm -hmm. like damn it tommy why are you letting this happen again why are you letting these thoughts bother you again um or control this relationship again and uh and that is again like we said old uh, earlier it's all consuming at times Mm -hmm. uh so to be able to kind of separate that from the true me that sounds like something that would definitely be helpful so thank you for right out of the gun just (laughs) bringing that one out i love that it's an incredibly hopeful thing that I learned um, probably even within the last year um, or maybe two uh, doing dialectical behavioral therapy, um, which is just one of the many, many different types of therapy that people use to treat OCD. And it has been very helpful in me as someone who's very visual to kind of separate who I I am and who my OCD is. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about dialectical behavioral therapy? Because I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's um, it's actually very cool. So I have tried now, um, I've tried so many different therapies. I have done the uh, regular cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. which is the basic, you know, like talk therapy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um then dialectical behavioral therapy or dbt is the best way i guess i could describe it is that it's almost like a class you go once a week it's on in it kind it's like group therapy but there's a therapist that teaches you all coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. and you there's certain segments that you do like there's interpersonal relationships there's um like crisis response like when your body and mind are in crisis how to like get out of that there's 
um, all these different aspects to it. And you do it for like uh, six months. You go once a week for six months and then the program's over. And I don't know how it happens, but it's almost like magic. Um, it was originally made for people who were, um, oh my gosh, they were either, I know it's used for people who are bipolar, um, and I think that's who it was originally made for were people with bipolar disorder, but they found that it works on almost everyone. Wow. Um, Which is amazing. And it's cool because you have like this group of people that support you and it's a very community driven way to act through all of this. Mm. Wow. That's so cool. And it definitely, you know, having the community aspect, I'm sure would be intimidating, especially at first. Um, yes. But... Especially when you have to, you know, there's like aspects of sharing and mm. you have to know when to, when to not share something and when you can share it's. It, it takes some practice, but by the end of six months, it's like a separate little family. It's very interesting. That's so cool. I love that. And I think that's really great, especially because it can be really hard to find community. Um, you know, if you if you don't go to church or to synagogue or like some sort of religious group, um, mm-hmm. and perhaps you don't really have too many colleagues at work that you're friends with, it can be really hard to find community. So that's awesome that there's that option for people who are, who are struggling with some of these things. That's amazing. Right. It's, I know. And I, it's not something that's promoted really. Um, and really only therapists know about it and it kind of spreads through word of mouth by that. It's mm. very, it's almost like a secret society of, mental health therapies so we're saying this is a cult yes (laughs) (laughs) a cult where you will end up um kicked out at the end and they hope to never see you again because it means that you're doing really well (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's awesome to to the listeners it is obviously not really a cult um (laughs) that's super cool Wow. Man, I've already learned two awesome things just in recording for like, I don't even know how long it's been. 10 minutes, maybe. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Like I said earlier, I've had my own experiences with how OCD has affected me and my relationships, but you are the guest. I want to hear more about how OCD has affected your relationships. Um, yeah. OCD is just kind of one of those things that if you let it and even if you don't really if you try to not let it it weasels its way into everything Hmm. um whether it's second guessing texts or um of course some people don't like to be touched and i'm one of those people that isn't always necessarily very um physically affectionate Mm -hmm. that can lead to um i've had that lead to miscommunications and people that I've been with being very irritated at me and feeling like I'm rejecting them when in reality I'm not Mm -hmm. I just am not that type of it my anxiety makes it harder for me to go there with people Mm. um so it's just it is a minefield of (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what your OCD feels like you're allowed to do and what you want to be doing. Mm. I think that saying that OCD, especially in dating, is a, is like a minefield is really the perfect way to put it. I know uh, my personal experience has been if I'm not anxious about one thing, if I've like found a way to get over it or something or whatever I've had to do, um, there's something new that comes up almost Mm -hmm. immediately. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely for myself, thank God gotten better, but it's taken the mindfulness and like the acknowledgement of what my brain is doing. And, um, one thing that was very helpful that I heard literally just the other day was that, and I kind of, I think I said it earlier is that like your brain is, and maybe I didn't, but whatever your brain is hardwired to protect you. That's what it's trying to do. And so a lot of times, you know, I get anxious over things in, when I'm in a dating relationship and that triggers my OCD. And the reality is my brain is really just getting anxious over something just because it's trying to protect me from getting hurt because it's experienced hurt in the past and obviously doesn't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. But of course with the OCD, like you said earlier, it, it amplifies everything. So I know for myself, I've had fears and anxieties over something smaller, like a text message all the way to, you know, really questioning, does this girl have the same feelings for me that I have for her? Um, I've been in relationships too, where like one of my love languages is physical touch. Like I, I enjoy, you know, I'm not into PDA, but um <laughs> but i'm definitely a hugger like put my arm around the girl kind of guy and in one of my past relationships the girl wasn't very much like that and so that was really hard for me cuz like more like me then yeah so it's really interesting that you bring that up because i wasn't mature enough or had the experience enough in my relationships to like be able to have that conversation about how that's one of my love languages and actually be able to talk that through with her instead I just straight up felt rejected and didn't know what to do with that and Mm -hmm. and so that would trigger my anxiety and my OCD more um so it's been things like that all the way to like even the what to me I know is an irrational fear of oh my gosh like what if I cheated on this girl which I say that's irrational just because I know myself and I know I would never do that but when that because we can't control our intrusive thoughts from coming in i was just gonna say that brings it back to your episode of um intrusive thoughts that just it happens exactly and then my brain immediately latches onto it because i know that there's pain there or potential pain um and so i've definitely had a lot of difficulty in relationships dealing with thoughts like that too like there's so many different things that can just nail you when you're in a dating relationship with ocd uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've had um, I've had the same intrusive thought while in a relationship, mm-hmm. um, and it's always just so. It's almost surreal because in that moment you believe that it can happen, mm-hmm. and then you look back on it and you're like, "That there's no way that would happen." Like I have control over my actions, and that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But it like brings about this insane emotional reaction. And I find another thing that what 
all of these things that you bring up are huge. I've gone through all of those. But the one thing that I find the worst about dating is bringing up the fact that I have OCD. Mm. Um, and being open about that kind of part of me. Um, because you can really, I, for one, can only hide it for so long. Mm-hmm. Really? And I really shouldn't have to hide it. Um, no one should. But um, I've experienced being called, like, I've been called crazy, or um, I've been put down and been made to feel horrible about myself because of my OCD and my anxiety while in relationships by my partner. Mm. And that then makes... My OCD has then latched on to that, which then makes it harder for me to open up about it with other people that I've tried to date since these other people. Mm. Yeah, that's so hard. And I, I absolutely know what you mean. Because um, again, it's like you're putting your heart out there, something incredibly important to you incredible well you know of course like you wish you didn't have it but it's a it's a big part of your life and then you're giving this person the opportunity to really kind of use that against you or reject you for it yeah and that's friggin' scary talk about anxiety provoking yes and it, the fact that you know these things have happened before makes it so much easier for ocd to latch on to it because you have a baseline mm -hmm. and all of this being said is why we need to have these conversations because it's obviously well maybe it's not obvious but it's it's definitely a lot more than just me and you who struggle with this and and it, it's terrifying to really open up about anything like that to anybody period but when it's in a dating relationship like when you say that you struggle with anxiety even which obviously is a massive part of OCD um even that is will still bring some judgment possibly and possible rejection and all of these things are terrifying and we need to have these conversations so that people can if they don't have it themselves if they don't struggle with OCD themselves they can be at least a little bit more empathic like we need to continue talking about it so that we bring further understanding exactly it's not that I think the biggest misconception is that we're okay the way we are and we're not constantly trying to push ourselves to work through a lot of our stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so the last thing we need is to be working through all these things and then have judgment piled on top of that mm -hmm. from someone that we have grown to care about. Yeah, absolutely. It's like enough to be rejected on your own anyways but then to be mm -hmm. rejected for something that you can't really control too much is mm -hmm. all the more painful so right like i don't care if someone rejects me because they don't like girls with short hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's mm -hmm. their own problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously but yeah absolutely it's like that is <laughs> obviously whatever hairdo you have can be a way of symbolizing or showing your personality um but it's ocd and mental health is obviously so much deeper than a haircut and that's mm -hmm. why it hurts so much more so mm -hmm. 
I absolutely understand that. Um, if a girl doesn't like guys with short hair, then you know what? Whatever. She's going to be out of a lot of options. Yeah. She's going to be pretty limited. So good luck to you. Um, <laughs> if you can pull that off. Yeah. listening to this, if that's your preference, if you pull this off, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my older sister is going to listen to this and be like, oh, hey, Tommy, I pulled this off. And I'd be like, damn it. That was too easy. <laughs> Yeah, Sammy, do- Sammy doesn't count. <laughs> Just kidding, Sammy. You count if you're listening to this. We we For love you. Yes. <laughs> Just maybe maybe not this one particular instance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we care about you anyway. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. Madeline, I know that you and I have talked a little bit about how your OCD has actually led you towards an abusive relationship in the past. And and that's something I haven't experienced. So I want to learn more about that and that process. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Along with OCD um, and anxiety, I'm also an empath, which um, sounds so weird to say, but it's an actual medical diagnosis um, that a lot of people with OCD and anxiety actually have, whether it's diagnosed or not, mm-hmm. um, where you pick up on other people's feelings and emotions more easily than a lot, most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so among that and the anxiety and the OCD is actually almost like, um, it attracts, it has a tendency to attract um, people with narcissistic behavioral issues. And so that's how a lot of people end up in um, emotionally abusive relationships is that it's this person who has aspects of themselves that they're not okay with, like their anxiety or their OCD or they're sensitive about something. And then someone who is able the narcissist who's able to pick up on that can um almost take advantage of you because of it Mm. um which is what has happened to me in um a couple different relationships to varying degrees there was one person i was with for years actually that um started out okay but then it eventually became an incredibly abusive relationship Um, and this is the same person that used my OCD against me. Um, he called me crazy. He made it my fault. He made it my OCD's fault that, um, everything was my OCD's fault or my fault. Um, whether it was him lying to me about something, it was because of my OCD or him staying out all night because we live together um staying out and partying all night and not calling me is somehow my OCD's fault so this is unfortunately um incredibly common and I've heard many people with stories like this and it's just it's not it's not ever your OCD some things are obviously your OCD's fault, but if someone is lying to you or being 
horrible or calling you crazy or blaming your OCD for their actions. That is a manipulative tactic to control you is the bottom line. Mm. Well, Madeline, uh, first off, um, of course, I'm, I'm sorry that you've gone through multiple relationships that have been similar to that. Um, and to what you said earlier too, it's, it's all the more reason that it can be difficult to open up to somebody about how you struggle with anxiety, OCD, or whatever it is when it's being used against you or when it's been used against you in the past like that. Um, so thank you for being brave and sharing that. (laughs) Yeah, of course. If it can help anyone, I'm happy to share it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome of you, and I'm. I know it will help people. Um, yeah, that's. I love it. Obviously, I don't love that that happened, but <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> oh God, I feel like just Tommy? some moments I'm just so freaking awkward. Um, no, I I love your vulnerability and your willingness to help i know it's so genuine and i know that everybody listening can can just tell and that's just awesome (laughs) thank you well madeline you have just talked about so many deep things and you've had gotten me thinking you've taught me so much in just these last whatever i don't know what it's going to come down to when i edit it like 25 minutes or what um and it really means so much to me that you came on for a second time to share all these amazing things um, and some really painful things. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. It's already helped me. I can't wait to go back and edit this myself so I can hear it again um, and be reminded of the wisdom that you shared with me. Um, so, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me again, Tommy. You rock, of course. Now, folks, if you are looking to connect with Madeline, I think last time that we had her on, she said that her Instagram was at secondhand toast. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Beautiful. So you can find (laughs) Madeline at secondhand toast on Instagram. And all my contact information will be in the description of this podcast. So if you want to reach out and chat maybe you have a story that you want to share and you want to show off your vulnerability just like madeline did um please reach out Um, i would love to hear from any of you with questions or or what so thank you all for listening i so appreciate it madeline thank you again and i will be back with another episode next saturday peace